Welcome back to episode 9 of the Yes Podcast with me, Kush. Me, Hayden. Yeah, so we got Hayden on here for the first episode. And in the last episode, we talked about animated stuff. This one, we're going to talk about live-action TV shows, our top 10 favorites. Hayden, do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, I have three honorable mentions. I have... Uh, first honorable mention is The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It did not make my top 10 just because I got super bored right in the middle of it. But like, the story and the political um, issues that it tackled, I thought those were good and it was written really well. I just, it was boring to me in some places and that's why it didn't make top 10. I, I agree. I mean, I like the show and the action's great and I like what they did with um, what Sam and Bucky. Yeah. But... Bro, episode five, the entire episode is them just fixing a boat. And I know it's good for what they were trying to do, <laughs> but the episode was so boring. <laughs> you got you got the new Captain America and the Winter Soldier, and they're fixing a boat for an entire episode. <laughs> yeah. But I'm really but I'm really the way they introduced um John Walker, he is the best part of that show. I was he not was expecting too. They Dude. chased him way too much. Yeah. But you know who was worse than them? Carly, bro, the yeah, main yeah. villain of the show. Well She was like, Man, we wanna show unity, so you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go blow up an orphanage. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah, kill innocent people to show unity. It's the way to go. Yeah, it didn't even but all right, but my first honorable mention is Lucifer. Basically, it's about Lucifer Morningstar. Like, it's from DC, and he's the god's son. Basically, he got in, like, a fight with God, so then he became the ruler of hell. But then he decided, I didn't want to be in hell anymore. So he he, op- he went to Earth and opened up a nightclub. It's basically just a comedy, and it's really funny. So I, I've always seen Lucifer as, like, like a middle school girl TV show. <laughs> like, oh my god, he is so hot, and I would love to go to his nightclub. That's just me, though. Like, I've... There's no interest in Lucifer whatsoever. I just... Not for me. There's, like... Basically, it's like, he... Every episode is him... Like, there's always, like... There's not really a villain to every episode, but there's always, like, a plot behind this stuff. But every episode, like, literally every episode is... Lucifer being a um, police assistant and helping helping them solve murder. And the f- I, after watching the show, I've seen it twice, I f- found that the pattern is literally yeah. the first person they talk to in a crime scene is the villain. 98% of the time. I'm not even joking. So it, the show isn't really like, it doesn't really have a plot, but it's funny. I so. feel it's, it's, a, it's a TV show to like over-sexualize the actor. And it's not really to drive a plot or to drive a story. It's just to be like, look at how hot he is. And he's smart, too. Like, we get it. Calm down. <laughs> no, but when, one thing I was super surprised about, Tom Ellis, the guy who plays Lucifer, he is, like, the best singing voice I've ever heard in my life. It's insane. He can sing really well. He's been on Broadway, like, Broadway. Not, it's not what I meant. He's been on, I don't know, this, like, music thing like twice so he's like one of the only actors to be on there more than once so i thought that was cool what's your next honorable mention okay 
you were flaming me for it earlier, and there's no way I'm gonna let you flame me for it now. It's kicking it from uh, the Disney Channel. Here's why, okay? I remember watching Kicking It like when I came home sick from school and the nostalgia that is associated with it and coming home and being able to watch Falafel Phil throw falafels at people and then watch, uh, I think Jack is the main character's name, watch Jack beat the crap out of somebody is the best. But it also uses that that typical Disney writing format where it's like oh we can do everything through friendship but it's only it's only an honorable mention because of the nostalgia no other reason yeah, i understand i i haven't seen that show in like since it first came out it was insane i never really got into it the only reason i like watched the show was back when i was like I don't know when was it like 2013 when it came out back when I was like seven I had a major crush on Olivia Holt oh bro and she was in the everyone show everyone did what are you talking about <laughs> still do bro <laughs> and um so yeah I literally watched it I I would watch that show just only for her so but I I know my next honorable mention sorry what nah I just, nah nothing <laughs> My next honorable mention, I know it's low, but it's the Punisher. And that's actually that actually made it to my list. Like my uh Yeah my top we, ten. We were we were talking about this earlier, but it's not even that it's not good enough to be in my top ten, because it is. It's a really good show. Mm-hmm. I just prefer watching the other stuff over that. But it's great to see um Frank just kill everyone. It's no, definitely a, a new no. light compared to like Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Iron Fist. They're all like light, and there's a light-hearted side to superheroes. And uh, you know, they, they tried with Daredevil and Jessica Jones to be like gritty and show the grittiness of uh, crime and crime fighting. But with Punisher, like one that pops to mind is he's walking out of the store, and the clerk offers him like CP, the the child stuff, and uh, he turns around and yeah. kills it. Like that's gritty. Just, that's what that's what I would want to see from a TV show that has Punisher involved. The I I there's there's been a lot of rumor and basically the Punisher show it's like Punisher show it's really rated R. Like there's not a single like minute of the show where there's not blood. And you know Marvel's in like bringing back the Netflix characters for the MCU. I hope that when they bring Punisher back, he can stick to his R rating. Otherwise, his character really wouldn't work. Out that though, because Marvel's Marvel's going in in like a family-friendly direction, and I'm hating it currently. Yeah, it. I I don't. It's bro Disney. Like I I like that Disney like is just giving Marvel whatever money they need to do everything, but I also don't like sometimes like Doctor Strange too. Yeah. I really like that movie, and I mean, like, I enjoyed every time I watched it. But I feel like they were missing something that they could have added, but they couldn't because it wasn't rated R. Yeah, I th- like they definitely I like. Wanda was super overpowered in the movie, but I felt like she could have done more. Like, it didn't really highlight the true power of Wanda or Doctor Strange. I mean, it dabbled in. They wanted dark- to. 
that was like showed true power but i I feel like they could have been like even darker with it because dark magic was only a fraction of the movie compared to just oh multiverse you know yeah but that's that's just besides the point but uh the way like i was saying about the punch though also the way they show frank's ptsd and how he lost his family is um I think it was done really well, even though some people say it's not as accurate, like, to real-life PTSD. But the way that he showed the only reason he kills people is because his family died, so why should anyone else get a family? Yes. Kind of kind of messed up, but... But there was, you know, there was it, an arc into, act- like, actually helping people, you know, with Karen. And it wasn't just, oh, no one else can have a family. I... I think Punisher is underrated for that reason because everyone's uh he just kills people. No, like there's an actual hero arc to the TV show. Yeah, I I'll talk, I want to talk more about that, like the like hero and how Daredevil and Punisher opposites. But I'm gonna wait till because Daredevil on my list. I'm gonna wait till we get to that because like the entire Punisher arc on on Daredevil was because Matt and Frank are just. They're the same people, but like on the opposite side of a coin. Right. So, yeah. What's your next um, honorable mention? So this is my last honorable mention. And it was very, 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 very close to making my top 10. Um, it was WandaVision. I can remember, uh, God, when did that come out? Two years ago? A year ago? It January of last year, I think. It, yeah. I remember when it came out. And just going nuts over every episode that came out. Because everything was so anticipated. I'm... Ralph Boner was amazing. And I know you've already covered this. But like just the hype behind yeah. it. And it had great story. It had great writing. It tied in. It started the whole comic accurate phase that Marvel's in right now. And yeah, it just like jump started a series of good TV shows. Like every TV show after that. Like the first two or three after that hit really, really well, but yeah, um what uh, the way they did the I really like the way they showed um Wanda how I like how she just like even though it's like really simple, all she does is want to be a part of a family again, and I think I think the way they showed that was really well. And the reason I like WandaVision, like, a lot of people hate on WandaVision. First of all, I love Vision. But another reason is, if your entire family died, and you have the power to change that, there's, like, no chance you're not going to. Like, so I think that's what makes, I mean, you're not, even though she just, she does, like, hurt a lot of people, it's hard to say that if we had those same powers, we wouldn't do the same thing, so... Also, I don't know. I thought that was really it cool. opens the doorway for Doctor Strange to to be as good as it is. Because if we didn't have this story by Wanda and we Wanda. just had like a thirty minute segment yeah. on the beginning, then we would have we wouldn't be able to relate with Wanda as much as we can in Doctor Strange. So it sets up yeah. the story really well. Yeah, I agree. Um, back back to your other point, you were saying um the hype about one division mm-hmm. i literally remember every time every episode came out on friday at two in the morning 
that as soon as the episode came out, I'd wake up early to watch it because I love the show at like 6 a.m. But basically, there was so much hype. Like it yeah. was the number one trending topic every week. There was theories about Nightmare, Mephisto. Is Doctor Strange going to come help Wanda yeah. fight? Act? There was just everything. And like, that's the reason. Like WandaVision is the reason I prefer um, like, what what are they called? Media companies yeah. releasing shows but like by week because it gets you excited for the next episode so i remember when they um revealed evan peters as the ralph boner i was jumping up and down because i was like that is the quicksilver that i like because the other one was like meh but evan peters quicksilver he didn't really do anything yeah and now there's there's still kind of a chance that he's gonna be quicksilver still but I just remember I, I stood up in my I like paused I like grabbed my PS4 remote paused it I almost broke it slamming it down on my desk and I was like jumping in my room because I was so excited that Evan Peters was back. I I I thought I was also really excited, um, but just because we're on Evan Peters and he's part of the X Men, uh, we were taught in a couple episodes back we were talking about um the future of Marvel. And uh, Disney finally came out and said that the reason they can't make an X, they can't make an anything X Men related, unless it's a previous actor till 2025, because that's what the contract, all the actors' contracts are. In. So yeah, I just, but yeah, sorry, I was just no, saying no, that I, uh, yeah. we were talking about that. Yeah, I, I'm ex- I'm excited to see where but, the X Men go, but that's for another episode. <laughs> My next, uh, my last honorable mention is Peacemaker, but I'm not going to talk about it right now because Hayden said it was on his list my up list. higher. So we'll talk more about it's that. It's actually really there. high on my but list. It could have been really high on my list, but these other shows, like all these shows are really good, but I think these other shows are just more entertaining. Yeah. Even though Peacemaker is super funny and violent and everything. That's besides the point. It's, well, what's was, your number 10, Hayden? It was so hard to pick 10 because most of the TV shows that I watch are animated just because live action has limits with where they can go. Live action does some things better. Um, animated does some things better. And most of these are like <laughs> hero shows, so it's going to be super biased. But my number 10 yeah. is The Rookie. It's a cop show. It's... uh. It's in its fourth or fifth season right now. I stopped watching, but um, I need to get back into it. It's about this cop who he gets a divorce and he stops a bank robbery. And then so he moves to California to become a police officer. And it's like really, really cheesy cop uh, stories. But it's tackling like defunding the police and police brutality and racism and police force. And it's tackling those um problems really really well while also putting in action with like drug cartels and gangs and like there's still oh my computer went to sleep <laughs> my computer went to sleep um but it, it it tackles those things really well and um it's just really nice to see that a, a police show is going to tackle you know defunding the police and police related issues yeah 
Unfortunately, I've I have not watched the show, but um I really like whenever like cop shows specifically, uh it's about a cop, so they they would probably say more good things about cops and bad. But I really like whenever they um they they show what's wrong with like the system or whatever and the way you're describing it seems like they do that pretty well. So that can't really say too much more yeah. on it because like it does the story does go in circles and that's why it's not higher on the list because the story lacks sometimes like mid-season you're definitely wanting to sleep on it but the beginning of the seasons and yeah. end seasons are, are really really good and tackle some good i think that's why it's so high is just because yeah. the problems and i i keep talking about it but they do it in a really good way and they paint um you know the people that are wanting to defund the police in a good light and they're also painting the police in a good light so it, it's it's yeah <laughs> yeah um uh my my number 10 is smallville but before i get into that um what you're saying about the episode um like during the mid-season it gets like slow yeah. I think that's just like the problem with having twenty-two episode seasons. Yeah. So it's. I think that, it's like twenty that episode kind seasons. That's crazy. Uh, Smallville is um ten seasons, twenty-three episodes long each God. season. It it takes a it takes a long time to watch. But the reason I like the show so much, first of all, it came out in the two thousands, and it does the like cheesy two thousand stuff well without like overdoing it kind of like the reason i say that is because like this sam raimi spider-man movies they like i really they're really good movies but they're they're also sometimes really hard to watch because how cheesy they are and i think this show does it but not over the top but also this show it shows an accurate portrayal of superman and like what the reasons he wants to do stuff and like the hope he brings to the people around the world, and but it's basically starts off with him in high school. Have you seen Smallville? Not. I, I'm I'm looking at an overview of it, but I I, I recognize Tom Welling because of you know Flash TV yeah. show, but yeah. I'm but um, uh, basically the show starts off with the Clark Kent that's 16, and it up until the point where. Uh, or 14 and up until the point where he becomes Superman and he learns how to do all the things that he wanted to do there is some like wacky st- but also the, mov- the movie the show I I know this is weird but I really like like romance TV shows I think they're I, I don't know I just enjoy watching them yeah and this show is part romance show and the way they show the romance between Clark and Lois and like why are they why are why they are such a good couple is great. And then Michael Rosenbaum as Lex Luthor is just one of the greatest antagonists in anything you'll watch. And I like that this was the first show to show that um to use the writing where uh Clark and Lex Luthor started off as best friends and then slowly as the seasons pass, they grow apart, and it shows. It actually gives a reason to why, 
even though in the comics and like other movies and stuff, Lex Luthor doesn't like Superman because he's just too strong. In this show, it showed like has a better reason for why he doesn't like Superman. So, yeah, that's all I got on the show. I, I've not watched it, so I can't really like say too much. But I think I've seen clips of his powers and stuff like that. But I agree that actually, I don't, I don't remember what you said about the 2000s but like just looking at some of these posters online like him in the super tight shirt and lex luther like <laughs> i'm sure the story's yeah. good but like i think the cheesy 2000 early 2000s writing would take me away from you know it actually being a it, good show the the first three seasons it's all right the first three seasons it's really rough but specifically in this one episode where it's the most 2000s thing you'll see. It's basically where Superman finds a kryptonite ring, or except it's a red kryptonite ring. So it alters his personality. And you see him do the most whack-ass crazy shit you'll ever see in a TV show. And like... Is it one of those uh, Sam Raimi Venom suits type thing? Peter, you know, Bully Maguire? Yeah, it exactly. He literally is just Bully Maguire. <laughs> Uh, he, not the like Venom suit, I don't know whatever, why but that was they such a trend. the exact same way. Well, I don't know why that was such a trend in the early 2000s for superheroes to just act like dicks for no reason. <laughs> they were just like became like emo, and I don't know that that's just that was just the 2000s thing. So I don't really fault the show for that, but yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like Sam Raimi yeah. did it, and Smallville does it. I can't like Daredevil. Uh, ben Affleck's Daredevil, like he was just a prick the entire movie. I don't know why it was such a yeah. big thing for superheroes to have a god complex. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, um, I don't know what, I don't know why they were thinking that would be the right way to go. Anyways, what's your number nine? My number nine is The Walking Dead. Uh, I can remember <laughs> watching it in middle school. And just the story was good. And after the, you have to get past like the first two seasons for it to get good. But the feeling of community, especially in a dystopian universe, zombies walking everywhere, people wanting to kill each other, and just the family aspect of it. The reason that it's so low though is because after like season five or six, it's absolute cheeks. Like, <laughs> They killed off Abraham and Glenn, and I stopped watching because I knew that there was nothing else that was good. They made Daryl into an absolute weirdo. They killed Rick off. They killed Carl off. So uh, I have it, again, on my number nine because of this nostalgia. Yeah. I remember being hyped when uh, Glenn hid under a trash can, and he was still alive. So, yeah. But um... I haven't watched the show, so I don't know much about it. But what you were saying about, like, after, like, season six, it just falls. It just becomes bad. I think that's, like, kind of, like, what what it was ABC that made The Walking Dead. And I think they're – I feel like sometimes, like, television and movie companies yeah. are just so in it to make money that they'll just completely ruin a show because of it. I also think that and the I, cult following behind it 
it ruined it too because they started listening to these like extremist fans they're like we want rick to screw a zombie and they're like okay so like they listen yeah, to I... like super obscure theories and then they try to make stories off of it and then they just ruin what they had going for them yeah um i don't like unless there's i don't know why yeah he doesn't screw I, zombie. I don't really have much. I don't need. I... Oh, okay. <laughs> I was about to say that'd be that'd be weird. Um, but my number nine, and it's another superhero show. It's Swamp Thing. They made a and Swamp I know, Thing like, TV no one show. Has... Yeah, oh. and it came out twenty like nineteen, and I know like no one has watched this show, but basically Obviously. it's about this guy named Alec Alec Holland. And under, like, the wrong chemicals and the green, just everything green, he becomes a Swamp Thing. And I think this show really showed what, like, Swamp Thing's character. He's like a poison ivy that wants to, like, protect everything, but he's not going to do some absurd things to, like, protect them. Like, he Swamp Thing is strong enough to just destroy the entire planet because there's green everywhere. But um, uh, he he does it in a way so that um, so he does it in a way so that there isn't a reason for people to hate him either. So right. I think that's really good. And then also we see the Phantom Stranger in the show, who's one of the coolest characters. He's only in it for like three minutes. <laughs> and same with Blue Devil. He's only in it for like ten minutes, but he their design's really cool. I, I don't really have much on Swamp Thing because it was only a one season, ten episode show. And I basically talked about what the show was about. That I but there was like no was there like any advertisement for it? Because it was an Apple TV thing and I don't remember seeing anything about it. Uh that's probably the reason it like what it didn't get like a lot of as much viewers as it should have. It was canceled five didn't days after the, show, the like, first at episode. All. Yeah, they, I don't know why they like continued releasing every episode weekly, but cause it was already showed. I, I mean, it was already made. Why wouldn't they? But it, I don't even know why it was canceled five days after, but DC wants to make like a justice league dark thing. And if they can bring this swamp thing back for that, that'd be really cool. I hey, this is so this, what's your number eight? Uh, one more thing about Swamp Thing is, uh, you know, I recognize Swamp Thing from DC Comics and Justice, stuff like that. But DC has yeah. a, a good thing going for them currently with TV shows and movies, and they have to play their cards super, super, super carefully. Like, I was listening to the DC podcast episode uh, a few days ago. And, you know, y'all y'all said it was going in a good direction, but it, it's only going in a good direction if they play their cards right. Like with Swamp Thing, it had the opportunity to be good, but it, it you know, bombed. <laughs> so. That's, like, the unfortunate... Like, Marvel has been dealt, like, half of the playing cards that DC has. They didn't have the rights to Hulk, X-Men, Fantastic Four. Right. What, there's something else, too, but I forgot. Or Spider-Man. And they still managed to make it work, and now they're introducing those characters in a great way. And DC has all this stuff 
and that maybe the, under the leadership of Discovery, they'll actually do something. Mm-hmm. But Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers are just the most weird, is the most weirdest company ever. Yeah. And like, maybe that's why I don't DC know what... isn't as good as Marvel. Marvel seems to have a really good team of writers and producers that trust each other. Whereas DC, they're like booting each other off of projects and taking creative control. And it's just. It's... And then you, you knew they were messed. Warner Brothers was messed up after Zack Snyder's daughter died and they blamed her death on Zack Snyder. Crazy. And then. And then they hired a new Joss Whedon to direct the 2017 Justice League, which was god awful. But another reason Warner Brothers sucks is after they like they had a bomb, it, Batman vs Superman was just 50-50. You either like it or you don't. And then they had the Suicide Squad, which was their first like real bomb, like bad. And that's the reason DC didn't compete with couldn't compete compete with Marvel because Mar- Marvel had like Iron Man two and Thor one, which were both pretty bad movies. But they didn't just shove everything to the side and start new because of it. Right. And that's the reason DC's so far behind. Because they Marvel stuck stuck with what they wanted to do. And look, now Marvel yeah. it makes they, a lot of money. They had a game plan. Mar- DC doesn't... Yeah, they, fe- exactly. Yeah, it feels like DC's just kind of running around, screaming, trying to fi- figure out what works and what doesn't. And now that they know what works, they should have a game plan now. Like, I don't even know how we have four, four, three Thor movies, three Ant-Man movies, three Spider-Man movies, three Avengers movies. Basically, three of everything. Right. And there's not even a second Superman movie yet, which, like, even if you didn't like Man of Steel, Superman is, like, the most, is the best comic book character of all time and they can't make him work in a movie and i find that's it's that's crazy yeah i think that goes back to creative differences but that that's no matter my number eight is um squid games i oh wait that's also my number eight hey yo i heavily enjoyed squid games but it's lower because it was interesting at the time i think and and it's just it's kind of just been picked apart and picked over and i think the further in that you go the not the worse it gets but the less interesting it gets because you had this complete mystery set up and they could have just left it as a complete mystery but they had to start explaining what was going on and i felt like it would have been better if they just won if they just won and had no idea what was still going on uh, yeah, I think that would have the reason. The reason it's in my top ten is because it's like, like you said, it's a mystery, and then it's also like a super. I think it's a unique concept. Like, it's not something you've like seen before right. in any show. And um, yeah, the show has zero rewatchability, <laughs> in like a lot of other things. But whenever you're watching it, like for the first time. You're just like I watched the entire show in like eight hours. My like I just I don't know it was it was like you you just wanted to see what was gonna happen next and it was hard to stop. But then I agree once we find out found out that the old dude yeah. was the uh, and then hit 
once you realize his motives, yeah, I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna, <laughs> like I'm gonna kill go people. kill a bunch yeah. of people because that's <laughs> the only way I can have fun. Like, I don't, I don't know. They should have just left the last like 30 minutes of episode 10 off. Yeah, and the show would have been top five. For Agreed. Me. I, it's also, I think it goes back to you know, the rookie, the Walking Dead, and kicking it. And my epi- and my eyes not kicking it. One division was the hype and uh squid games had that they had the hype they had the people posting about it on twitter and instagram and tiktok and and so everyone was so hyped to see it and there was good twists but then like you said zero rewatchability i have no reason to go back and watch it because exactly there's and there's also no reason for them to make a season two because it's played out the way that it does i don't know why they are it they should have just left that um, one but squid games is like the is the most streamed piece of media of all time that's because it's popular around the world but and also netflix i don't know why they didn't take the route of releasing every episode weekly because it would have been 10 times as hype i mean it already was when it came out right but it would have been like so you just it would be even harder to tell what was happening if it was every week, because so. Yeah, they put the twists in there. They put the twists in there, and it should have just been weekly. Uh, my number seven, and I don't. You'll have to tell me if you think this is low or not, but I think it's actually pretty good for this show. It's Stranger Things is my number seven. It. Um. All right, it's a it's a little higher for me. But I I understand why it's like top five, not top like five. Is it top five for you? Yeah, it's t- it's top five for me. Okay, here's why I don't think it is. Um, if you go and look at it, I started rewatching it again with my girlfriend, and so going back and rewatching it for the second time, it just. It's not as interesting. A, There's not as as much to pull you in. Season one was mediocre. Season two was absolute trash. Season three was god tier, and season four, the people that are like the best one. yeah, people, but I think the fan no, but, base is ruining it because people are like, oh I, my I, god, I, Eddie is so hot. He's not meant to be hot. He's meant to be weird. He's meant to be a nerd. He is not meant to like. I, and I get he plays guitar and like saves everyone in the end, but it. I think Stranger Things is so low for me is because of the fan base. People overhyping it way too much, and it is a good TV show, but it is definitely not S tier TV show for me. Yeah, that that's understandable. It's though I'll talk about my reasoning for why it's higher later, but one thing I will say is that. It's kind of like um, Squid Games, not in the sense of like the re- rewatchability, because it is way more, it's 10 times more rewatchable than Squid Game. But once you like watch, I've seen the show like once, I tried to rewatch it, but I couldn't. But once you know not like, not what's going to happen, it's not kind of like that show, but like, Whenever you know, like, each of the characters and, like, what you love about them, like, the kids and the adults, you only want to watch, like, if you ever rewatch an episode, you only want to watch, like, those specific episodes. Because there's some t- some episodes, not episodes, there's some characters 
that are just so annoying that it, like it's hard to like yeah yeah but i'll get on to the, that their rewatchability for me is the first two seasons as they run circles around themselves and then the last two episodes is where everything happens so you could have I, a, a one episode summarizing what happens in the first five and then the last two episodes and you have the same exact feel because there is so much filler there's so much fluff season three and four they're written well they're paced well the first two are just boring to me yeah that's why i didn't like season one too everything happened i mean i like season one too but not like nearly as much as three and four but everything happened from episodes like seven and eight and then season three we learned about what's happening episode two season four like 20 minutes into the first episode and I, the way the story is carried through season three and four is way different than seasons one and two. So it, yeah. Yeah. But my number seven is, I know it's cringe and a cheesy ass show, but it's Cobra Kai. Oh, okay. And and you can clown me all I want. I, I, I What the fuck? Did I I'm not going to clown you for that. Here, I'll, I'll let you explain why you have, like it. Have you seen it? No. But I understand why people like it. It it ties in a classic movie. It has it has cheesy writing, but I think cheesy writing fits the TV show. And so I don't think that's exactly my point. Yeah, it, the show, the show. First of all, it the way they made Johnny what the fuck what's his name Johnny and Larusso Daniel Larusso. And how like now they're friends in season four, but Johnny's just the best character because he is completely different from what he was in the first Karate Kid. And the reason the show, first of all, the action's great. There's some really good fight choreography, and the cheesing, like Hayden said, the cheesiness works for the show. You're never. This is one of the shows that you're never bored throughout a single episode. Another reason and, why I can I can see it being so good is one reason, uh, Peyton List. Oh my god. I, <laughs> I I used to love Peyton List, but um first like you see it with Johnny Johnny's son Robbie and you see why he is such a good character because he is what Johnny was in the first Karate Kid movie. Mm-hmm. And he like he's trying to change and you can see like the compassion he has for other people but then he he doesn't and then there's another character who's like the second main character of the show, Miguel. And the reason his character is so good is because he's just completely different from everyone. Every, the whole show is about rivalries, and Miguel isn't here for the rivalry. He just wants he just wants to like be a good kid, and that works perfect for the show because it's different from what everyone else wants. So, yeah, I don't I don't think there's anything to clown there for liking Cobra Kai. I just I never yeah. got into it just because I'm I'm not a big you know Karate Kid person. <laughs> so moving on to my number six, my number six is Punisher, and it was in your honorable mentions, but um, all the same reasons that I liked it. It tackles the grittiness. It tackles um, why he kills, why he is the way he is, and the arc of just ruthless killer to anti-hero is amazing. So 
Yeah, it there's like and then Jigsaw. Jigsaw is really cool. Uh, I like I like him. Yeah, we already talked about that enough earlier. So what's your number six? For my number six, I have Sherlock. This show, it's about Sherlock Holmes and Watson, obviously. And the reason it's so good is it's the exact original Sherlock Holmes novel. But that take that was made in the like 1800s. And this, it's like the exact same, but it takes place today. And you can see the similarities just from the title names. Like the first chapter in the book is a study in Scarlet. The first chapter in the show is a study in Pink. And basically, I, one second. And what I like about the show is based, the sh- Sherlock Holmes, he's such a good character because he like can't le- leave he can't live without the thrill and he gets that thrill in this show because they show off Moriarty as being the villain from the very first episode and he and then from episode two or three when Sherlock finds out who he is uh and how he's behind like these bunch of attacks Moriarty wants to Moriarty wants to show Sherlock that he's his equal and maybe superior and Sherlock like I said he just wants to solve down the mystery and the way they show everything, like how smart they are, it's like the way they show Sherlock's like smartness is by showing it like he is a literal computer in his head. And also every episode is like 95 minutes long. So it's like a whole ass movie every episode. And that really allows for every really really allows for Sherlock and Moriarty to show um show what the reasons they are for doing. And I don't really have much on Watson. Like he's he's not as big as a side character as like in the other Sherlock Holmes stuff. So yeah. Anyways, what's your number five, Hayden? Hold on a second. Hayden. Alright. But I do like that they showed off um John Watson and his PTSD from being being in the army yeah um yeah I, I've, they tackled really good i've never seen a, sherlock but the I, show's a really good <laughs> keep talking over each other <laughs> it's all right i've never the, seen it but i know it has been benedict cumberbatch in it and uh oh yeah i forgot to say he, that he's got like a cult benedict following. cumberbatch and martin freeman play dude that i don't want to talk about it. there's a kid at our school that in love with this man and don't want to no, but basically the show is like a character study for watson moriarty uh-huh. and sherlock and it is done perfectly anyways what's your number five My number five is the boys um it the boy i have a love-hate relationship with the boys it's good it shows corrupt superheroes it's i don't even know if it deserves number five but that's where I put it, just for this sake. It's, I'll just say it now. The Boys is my number four. And there is some weird stuff. The show is way more graphic than it needs to be. But I think it really shows what superheroes would do if they were like living in our world. Because all they do is care about money and like being famous. Homelander is just the like he is like 
people nowadays like just combine the one and then the the show is good action all a lot of the characters are really really lovable and i like the way it makes fun of people like in the real world like in season two starlight wanted to um she finally joined the seven and but Vought wanted her to change her costume so they could show her boobs and it I don't know it it really shows like how society is today and I think have you seen season three I have uh here's my issue with the boys also I I enjoy it I enjoy the writing I enjoy the story and what they're trying to convey but it is so aggravating because they cannot hurt homelander it is so aggravating because homelander is just immortal there's no way that they can let their morals like they're fine with like killing a bunch of people but no not this kid because butcher likes him like i get it's a it's an arc but i that pissed me off in the last episode yeah they're going through all of this this entire show is about the boys trying to take down Vought and like superheroes or whatever and then whenever they finally have the opportunity just because soldier boy bitch smacked ryan they just completely changed that's the one i absolutely hated that first of all ryan was completely fine he's literally just homelander but 10 right so it didn't even he would have got back up 20 minutes later just fine i i don't and ah, i i don't butcher had already so messed up his relationship with billy or billy no ryan butcher had already with messed ryan. up yeah. yeah so why did he think he can save it in that in that last moment he has obviously been with homelander homelander's already been brainwashing him there's no way you're going to be able to break him of homelander just kill ryan and kill yeah. homelander it's because Ryan's going to be just as bad as Homelander now that he has daddy issues from Homelander and Butcher. Like, it, Yeah, it that's kind of the reason. Season 3 is the best season for sure, but that's the reason I kind of – I really like Soldier Boy. First of all, he's an asshole like every other character on the show. But he – whenever he stuck with like their mission, the boys' mission, he wasn't afraid to just follow through with that. And he didn't change, like, last second, like, a bunch of characters. Like, yeah, it, like, A-Train, they waited three seasons for him to have a heart attack, and, I mean, he had it in season one, but they waited three seasons for him, it was, like, 15 episodes after when he had the heart attack, that they finally decided to take him down a story. And it should have been done way sooner. I want them to do something more with A-Train. Because it, it, it's the same no, thing every he's season. He's like left out every episode. It's the same thing every yeah. season. You think he's going to turn good, and then he goes right back to Homelander. And like, we, you think that he has a chance in season three to like make a difference, but he doesn't. He does and the same. And then he same... does some stupid shit. Like, yes, it's so aggravating. Like getting supersonic killed. It's so yeah. aggravating. That's every character. Every character is about to go through an arc, and then they fucking regress back to the beginning. Yeah. And yeah, but that's my number four, so we don't have to go over that. My number five is uh, the Sandman Netflix series by Neil Gaiman, which literally came out a week ago. 
the show is about a character called Morpheus, Dream of the Endless. And he's brothers to these six other people that complete the Endless. Desire, Destruction, Despair, Death, Destiny, and Delirium, I think. But basically what they do is they hold, like, everything together. And the, the plot starts with Dream, or Morpheus, whatever, being, ki- being kidnapped by this guy named Berg- Burgess for 70 years with his own stuff. And basically the show is about him trying to put together everything. Because the land of dreams, the dreaming, that, that's such a significant part of everyone's life. You dream for like a third of your life, or you sleep for a third of your life, and a third of your life is spent in the dreaming. So whenever he gets kidnapped and doesn't have the power, and he isn't there to like keep everything under control, it starts affecting people all around the world. And the show is about um, him trying to put that together. And then also, you we actually get to see like super powerful people in this show. Like, we see Lucifer, Morningstar, not like the other show, Lucifer. He's actually Lucifer, Lucifer. And she, it's a she in the show. And um, they're, she's actually like a devil, devil. And and she, what she wants to do is hurt everyone. And the writing in the show is so great. Because basically, you know, with dreams, there's nightmares. So there's this nightmare dream created to haunt people's dreams called Corinthian. And basically, after he gets kidnapped, Corinthian breaks out and goes to Earth. And the reason he was created was to give people nightmares and scare them, right? And so that's exactly what he does on Earth because he doesn't know the difference. I mean, he does, but the he's he his like arc. I mean, his like character is if I was made to do this, it doesn't matter if I do it in someone's dreams or the real world because he affects millions of people in the dreaming where you only killed like 500 people on earth. So it it's kind of the same thing. But I think it's like an exact replica basically of the Sandman comic book and everything is written so well. You haven't seen the show, right? I'm not. I might know. But yeah, it it really shows like how and why these dudes matter. Also, they I don't want to spoil it for you if you're going to watch it, but they set up season two perfectly with three things. And, um, yeah, it is a great show. What's your number three? My number th- I have to get my list back out. <laughs> my number three is um, Kenobi. I am super biased because I'm a super nerd. Um, but Kenobi... Wait, we forgot about that. What? Kenobi? Yeah, I forgot about Kenobi. Kenobi? Yeah, I watched it. I've seen it like three times now. I it's only been out for a month. <laughs> I I think Kenobi is way too hated on. Yes, the Inquisitors sucked. Like I did not enjoy the Inquisitors, but Kenobi and um Anakin's are Vader. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they're like rivalry. I, I I wouldn't say Vader yet because yes he becomes Vader at the end of episode three, but he does not. Can Obi- Vader Vader yeah Obi Wan like Obi Wan doesn't embarrass him enough to say I am no longer Anakin I killed Anakin like you didn't I did Anakin's dead and chronologically that's the first time 
that we understand that Anakin is Darth Vader and that Vader, Anakin yeah. is alive technically, but Darth Vader is, you know, taken over. I, I don't really have much to say other yeah. than just I think it's a great continuation of the Star Wars uh, chronological story uh, and that it's hated on way too much. I I agree. It is really hated on on social media. Basically, the way Star Wars Star Wars, the way the writers had to adapt the character so they didn't mess up the time. Like for what this takes place right before Star Wars Rebels and after episode 3. They had so many like restrictions put into place because of that. And I think what the what what came out was really done really well. And first of all, the Kenobi versus Vader fight was so good. Top my second favorite Star Wars fight um, yeah. battle. And then also, uh, we see we we see Kenobi like better. And in we talk about this in our Star Wars episodes. So I don't really want to go into it a lot, but we see that Kenobi how there's like the problem with the Sith and the Jedi in like episodes one, two, three and how they're just arrogant and stuff. And I think we finally see in Kenobi that we see like the jet or we see Obi-Wan like change in the episode in the show. And I thought that was, I thought that was done really well. Ewan McGregor does a really good job of convincing us that this is the change from Obi-Wan Kenobi to Ben Kenobi. Uh, and I think that was something that I was yeah. worried about going into this. Like, how are they going to show this transition? But they actually did a really good job. And the story is really I, good. Yeah I, think they hand, I, yeah, I think they handled that really well. To fit seamlessly with A New Hope. Yeah. Star Wars 4. I can also so, appreciate yeah, that, uh, the Skywalker bloodline. Like... Star Wars is created on Skywalkers. That's how it is. But they didn't. Oh my God. They that, didn't everything focus is on about, Anakin yeah. or Luke, and that was the greatest change of pace. I think the inclusion of Leia and showing how important she is to the chronological story, and and the transformation yeah. of Obi Wan Kenobi, it was amazing. I think that slept on too. Yeah, that's I. You said it right. I every everything in Star Wars, no matter what TV, besides Kenobi, no matter what show or movie you're watching, it's there to prove Darth Vader's story. I mean, to like help build Anakin's and Darth Vader's story. That's why everything is created, right? And I think it was good. This it was cool to see them, um, see them focus on a Jedi someone else someone else's story other than darth vader mm-hmm. and i thought yeah it was or luke. it's unique to the star wars or luke yeah luke that, is that way well. too used as a plot device anyway <laughs> what's your number three um uh my number three is weird tech you're yours is higher lower but mine's uh stranger things oh um yeah now that i'm thinking about it I would move it lower after what we discussed, but I don't know. I really love Hopper and Steve and Dustin, yeah. and I also really like the Dungeons and Dragons references with Vecna, the Demogorgon, and the Mind Flayer. And I don't. The, have you seen season four, like finished it yet? 
not. I'm like, I'm going to be honest, I haven't even started it. But I, I know the story just because everyone's freaked out about it. So One of the probably greatest episode in the show, episode seven of season four, the way they showed out number one being Vecna was like the coolest. And it like goes back to the very beginning. I thought that was really cool. And like season four, it goes way more in depth about everything than any of the other seasons, and it like it it's way better than the other season. I think, but I think it's way too overhyped. Stranger Things is, and I that's why it was. So it is way overhyped. Agreed. But what's your number two? My number two is Parks and Recreation. I I started uh, these like comedic tv shows i started with the office and new girl i absolutely despised the office in the beginning i like it now but it's not my top 10 <laughs> and new girl is just not for me like i understand why some people like it it's not for me parks and recreation they the office takes itself way too seriously sometimes like this they're like the the story is way too important for us to like yeah and i and parks and recreation does that sometimes i'm not saying it's like perfect but most of the time it's just mocking office life and mocking like not federal workers but people that work in offices and like care way too much about what they're doing and it just it's i think it's funny they write it in a good way they write um comedy into real life situations and real life problems and i think it's it's definitely it's got its flaws with taking itself too seriously but i think it's the perfect office type of show i don't know what to call those types of shows yeah i unfortunately i'm not really a big fan of those shows so i haven't watched any of the three shows you just listed yeah it's so <laughs> the office but... is overhyped New Girl is just weird, and Parks and Recreation, I completely <laughs> understand if someone doesn't like it. Like, I'm not going to hate on them for not liking it. <laughs> well, yeah, I tried watching The Office and Parks and Re- I tried watching all those shows, not New Girl, but the others. I just couldn't get into them, so I'm not... Yeah. It's, they're not for everyone, and they're definitely not for me. You definitely so. have to have a taste for them. You either like them wholeheartedly, or you don't. Like, there's no in-between that people are just like, yeah, it's okay. You either would die for the cast, or you would. Like, just, just how it is. <laughs> yeah. Um. But my number two is Netflix's The Queen's Gambit. It's the... It's a... It's a it's a show version of the book from 1984, I think, and it's like an exact copy. But the reason I like the show so much is, first of all, the reason I got into chess was because of my my grandpa. Um, he was a grand he was a master, almost grandmaster at one point in chess, which is like the best you can be. So that's where I started playing chess originally, but. Then this, since this show is about chess, I also just really love playing chess. I think I think it's the perfect blend of like strategizing and other stuff. But anyway, the basically the show is about this girl named Beth Harmon, who learns how to play chess in a what a basement at a orphanage, 
And the overall like theme of the show is that her father, her dad didn't want anything to do with her. Her mom got into a car accident, almost killed the both of them on purpose. And it's kind of like a recurring theme throughout the show. Beth, Beth, like as she becomes um, so good at chess, starts beating people, she finally loses to this Russian guy named Borgov, and it it sends her down a spiraling path of becoming a drunk, kind of like her mom. And it she starts wasting her money doing all this, but then later the person who taught her how to play chess, Mister Shybell, in the basement he dies and that motivates her to continue because that's the reason she started chess in the first place was because of him so basically the uh the show first of all whenever you're watching the chess games they're super they're super entertaining even though you're watching someone move pieces and since this show takes place throughout the 60s it also tackles like women not being like important to society for like <laughs> not like, like yeah. they're important to like make children and stuff but like everything else as she becomes famous and starts doing interviews only thing people care about is how did you get this far if you're a woman and i think they tackled that that part really good and funny enough she only becomes like she only gets treated with like the respect of a male chess player until she goes to the Soviet Union, and she see the because she beats Borgov, becomes grandmaster, and then there's other just random homeless chess players because that's like a thing in Russia. Mm-hmm. So, and it's they're the first people to like besides they're the first people to treat her like she's just she's an actual chess player and not a female chess right. player, and I think they did that really well. also. I don't know. It. I don't know. I really love chess. So unfortunately, that still happens today. But you know, luckily we're in a time of progressive uh, people and people's mindsets. But I've not seen Queen's Gambit. Yeah. Honestly, it's about chess. I may not watch it because it's chess. Because you whoop my yeah. butt in every I... chess game that we play. I'm mad. Because you beat me yesterday, and I thought I had it in the bag. You were like, checkmate in one move. And I was like, absolutely not. It was checkmate in two. So, maybe I should watch it to get better. <laughs> it, it like, goes in-depth about, like, the mood. I, I, if, you're, if you don't like chess, you're just not going to like the show. Oh, like, okay. It's as simple as that. Because, um, the sh- basically, the show is about chess, but... I don't know. I feel like I'm like nowhere. I'm not good. I'm not even considered good if you compare it to people in the world. I'm like, oh I'm wow, bad yeah, throw, if throw you compare me to people world. in the world. Yeah, throw salt in the world. <laughs> nope. But like, I don't know. It's whenever you're watching it and you see them do all these chess moves, like the Sicilian, the Queen's Gambit, um, the Rui Lopez. There's a bunch of chess moves. I don't know. It's really cool because I know most of them. I don't know the names of them, but like I start my games off like that, and it's cool to see. And every time, also, yeah, and I I like chess. It's really fun to play. Yeah, I just I'm I'm absolute trash at chess. At chess? Chess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, we talked about it earlier. Both of our number ones is the same thing. It's Daredevil. 
I just I cannot and, think about live action TV shows without thinking about Daredevil first. It's the first thing that any any time I even superhero stuff in general. Like if I'm thinking about like what are my favorite superheroes or what are my favorite movies or shows, Daredevil is always coming to mind. Like as the show and the character. Charlie caught and then when if what if I think of some of the best comic book villains, I think of Kingpin. They're they're acted like Vincent D'Onofrio and Charlie Cox act them, um, play the characters so well. Yeah, you want to talk about and, Robert Downey Jr. being born for his role? Freaking Charlie Cox and Charlie Cox. He he is built for Matthew Murdoch. He has it, oh my gosh, it's just and I know he's dedicated to Matthew Murdoch as a character. Like he puts in the time, he puts in the effort, and it shows. Yeah, he he Charlie Cox isn't blind in real life. It's really hard to shoot show someone's blind, but he he's so dedicated to the role that he learned how to make it so his pupils would stay frozen, like a blind person's pupils, and. Whenever you watch him in interviews and stuff, he for he has to remind himself to move. That's how dedicated he got. That his eyes are just normally like that now. It's definitely one of those uh, Heath Ledger Joker's thing or uh, Austin Butler's Elvis, where the the character follows them even after they're not shooting or they're not playing the character. It is ingrained as a part of them, and um, yeah. you know. Like Heath Austin Ledger was was Butler, a, yeah. he was an extreme case of it, but Austin Butler has a slight Southern twang now. Like, I think he fits. He, yeah, he hasn't been able to get rid of it. And it's been like three months. Uh, yeah, I I agree. Well, when we had a if we we're bringing up, we'll get to some other points because the show there's so much to talk about for the show. But one of the best things in this entire show is the long take fight choreography. Basically, in season one, two, three, multiple times each season, they'll have a one-take long fight yeah. that'll be like 10, 15 minutes long, a daredevil beating up on dudes or whatever. And it, I like this because they have to get everything perfect because it's a one-take that lasts 10 minutes long. And it shows how tired daredevil gets really well. And the... Like, to have that level of fight like, choreography. Yeah, he has to like stop and take a breather. Like the attention to detail in that. Because yeah, anyone that's in a fist it's fight. It's done for that in long. season. Yeah. Also, I like that they show that like, whenever you're fighting, whenever you're fighting so many people at once and you get tired, especially if you're a regular ass human, it they show that they get tired. So their punches start getting a little weaker because like some other times you see like movies and shows who are talk tackling like human level characters. They take down like 30 guys with no sweat at all. And these are all trained professionals too. And I like that this show actually shows that you're not going to be able to just take down 30 guys just because you're just way more skilled than them. And like, yeah, I think that's the reason I like it so much. As you're, it shows the humanity. It's of realistic. Daredevil. Yeah, uh, like he has work problems. He ha- he works a regular job, whereas you know Iron Man, he's a millionaire 
how is he a millionaire? You know, you don't ever see him in an office working. Um, he has friendship issues. He When he gets stabbed, he has to stay home and recuperate. He can't just go out and fight the next day. And that's a reoccurring thing is like he repeatedly hurts himself to save others and he pushes it and continues to hurt himself. Yeah. And that, that whole in season three, all of that pain and hurt is perfect. It, it yeah. Half of season three is him relearning how to become daredevil, relearning why he does, why he does. And, you know, not killing while this other guy is acting like him and he knows it's not him. And, he wants to just kill him and get it over with, but he can't. And relearning how to become a superhero and it's the humanity of it all is what makes it so good. I'll, yeah, I'll say something about the killing and stuff in a second. But bring you bring me to you brought up a great point. The lawyer aspect of this show is so good, especially the courtroom scene with the Punisher. It is so incredibly well acted. It like it's believable enough. Obviously, you're not gonna have right. Punisher and Daredevil in real life, but it is acted so well, and it's like you, as you get excited for an upcoming action sequence in the show, but you get just as excited seeing Matt Murdock. I I remember watching that episode where Punisher's um, on trial, and they were gonna try to make him plead like not guilty or something and he and he pleads guilty and just the looks on foggy's face and matt's face it's crazy to see how much weight that something this mundane like a uh, like a trial it can carry so much weight in a tv show and it's so well done yeah yeah it talking about punisher the best season, best season, the best episode of season two is season two, episode three and four. And those are Daredevil versus Punisher episodes. Both, like, first in episode three, they fight. And in episode four, they talk about their motives and stuff. And like I was saying earlier, the Daredevil and Punisher are the same person on the opposite sides of a coin. They They both are wanting to help people. I mean, Frank wants to get revenge but he also is wanting to help people he's not going to just let like shit go and stuff but frank is like he believes that they can't they need to put bad guys down because they'll just be out in a couple months doing the same exact thing yeah in the show one of the things about the show is like people aren't changing like that people don't change and that's what punisher believes and that's why Daredevil is such a good character because he believes that they can change. He believes that they have like they have enough goodness in them that if that they won't get the opportunity to if he kills them. Mm-hmm. And that, and then there, oh my god, there's definitely, bro, we haven't even mentioned Bullseye yet. Bullseye is crazy. That entire episode of Bullseye is crazy. But before we talk about Bullseye, there is some stuff that like Daredevil fans want to push under the rug that are still amazing like the electra storyline and the hand tying into um oh god what's that t that netflix show with all three of them all four of them defenders. yeah the defenders the defenders wore cheeks but the setup that daredevil does to get there yeah it is amazing I... and electra's death and does she die i can't remember if she dies or not 
Yeah, she yeah. dies. Just she dies in Defenders. It's it's definitely some of that stuff and the Electra and the Hand storyline. It, it it's cheeks because of the Defenders, but if it was if it continued through the season just, and it yeah. was just Daredevil and Electra, that would be probably the greatest season in my opinion because they have this huge threat that it seems like goes on forever and webs through the entire city and they i don't know yeah it it it's like that yeah the way the hand is like everywhere it i don't know the way like they show that like what they really could do like if anyone has enough time to strategize something what damage they can cause and that's exactly what the hand do and yeah i think but before we get to bullseye and like the kingpin like relationship right there um daredevil's powers are shown incredibly well in this mm-hmm. we we see him uses hearing like as a stealth person we see him taste copper and all this but basically the way his senses move like are he can like see things like a fiery perspective like it's he can he makes up the world around him except it's like fiery and stuff uh like world of fire forgot what i was gonna say with that but the i don't know I, the the, yeah, the writers did a really good really... job of portraying his um powers really sim- simplistic there there's really simple yeah, powers yeah. like they don't ever crank the they, footsteps in a building. You just hear him stop talking and go, footsteps, third floor, we got to get moving. Like, they don't put they, in extra effort and that you know he has those powers. You know he can taste the copper. It's, it's crazy. It's, they didn't they didn't overcomplicate his powers. Yeah. And that's one of my complaints with Moon Knight. Have you seen Moon Knight? I, Moon Knight was going to make it, but... I, yeah, Moon Knight, I like, yeah. <sighs> I really like the character of Moon Knight, but they over fucking complicated his powers so much. And it ruined the last fight. I don't know. They, I don't know why they. Moon Knight is like a street street. He's like someone that's going to be battling like Kingpin and all this stuff. Moon Knight isn't one of the people. One one of the people that's going to be battling Kang in like right. the new Avengers movies or whatever. And I hate that they made it so like. He was just turning back the time in the night sky. He just can't die. He all of this other stuff. Like, I, I don't know why they. Moon Knight. Um, I understand because he has Conchu and Conchu has power. But with Daredevil, he quite literally has the most simple powers. And with Moon Knight, you'd think it's simple too. He's connected to a god. But no, they have to make it super complicated and like really hard to understand and um yeah i I just yeah i the suit looked super cool and stuff but yeah the story was we need to get back to (laughs) yeah that's 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 another oh moon knight season two just got confirmed a couple days ago by oscar isaac oh i did 12 episodes so it might have a better story hopefully that we actually see moon knight fight i feel like there was such a lack of fight like the last there was scene like, there was oh only like God. five minutes total of action scenes and i was waiting because moon knight it, I, I i want with the introduction of taskmaster 
and Moon Knight, like the story where Moon Knight's fighting Taskmaster and he defeats Taskmaster yeah. because he just tanks all the bullets and it would physically kill Taskmaster if he matched the fighting style. So Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, that that's a that was one that's a really cool fight in the in the comics because they're just completely opposite people. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Bullseye or what? What's his name? Bullseye. Bullseye's real name. Oh, I I, I just had it. Yeah, you right. We'll up. just call him Bullseye. Um, Bullseye, he is just he became bad because. That's why I make King Kun so Kingpin such a good villain. Kingpin was able to manipulate the entire FBI and Bullseye while literally just being watched by the FBI with cameras twenty four seven. And the way he Kingpin manipulated Bullseye into like becoming a fake daredevil and attacking people, that was really good because he Bullseye was already like he was already a psychotic. One of the funniest things is whenever Matt was like, "Did you ki- how did you enjoy killing your precious birdies?" I thought that was really funny. But also, Bullseye's power of never being of being able to make anything a weapon and he can hit anything, it works so well with what Daredevil. Is. Daredevil is good at range, and Bullseye is good at hand to hand fighting. They're both, but Daredevil's the one that's a master hand to hand, and Bullseye right. is the one that's master range. And the way they showed that made the fights really good because anytime Daredevil got close enough to be able to punch him, he was winning the fight. But the moment he went 10, 15 feet out, Bullseye was winning the fight because he, he could hit him no matter what. And the way they showed that was really cool. I hope they have Bullseye come back in Daredevil Born Again. Did you know he's going to be rocking the red and black Daredevil suit in Born Again? Or the, the yellow one? The, the yellow one he's going to wear in She-Hulk. Oh, in thank the, God. I don't, I'm, not, like, I'm not liking the yellow on Daredevil. I don't, I don't like the yellow either, but I also don't like the Netflix Daredevil suit. That one is ass. What do you mean? Like the so red I hope one? The way, I hope they have... Yeah, I don't like that one. I think it looks weird in some spots. But I hope they make it so like he has the all black with the helmet with the double D's red and then like red boots, red gloves and like red accents around the suit. Mm-hmm. I think that would be I think that would be really cool. I but then sorry. No, I with Daredevil, there's so many things I I think it's gonna be one of those things. Um, like Justice League, the switching of the studios going from Netflix to Disney. Um, I think they're really going to do Daredevil dirty, especially in the She-Hulk series. I have very low hopes for Daredevil I, and She-Hulk. I'm not too worried about what they're going to do with Daredevil and She-Hulk because what the She-Hulk is, it's like a lawyer comedy show. So having Daredevil, I kind of want to see the way they're going to adapt Daredevil in that. Yeah. So... Yeah, and but then also I don't know why they're not bringing back the same Netflix writers for the Daredevil show. I don't that doesn't make any sense to me. They set up Bullseye perfectly. And... Mm-hmm. I 
Yeah. I think with She-Hulk, um, I'm I'm really nervous because Marvel's taken this comedic approach to their characters, like with Thor and Hulk, and they're obviously doing it now with She-Hulk. I hope they don't. Cause I hope they can still keep their characters serious. The like, humanity. The ones that are meant to be serious. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what made Daredevil good, and I don't want them to stray away from the humanity of it. Because if he goes in there and he starts like cracking jokes while they're fighting, that's that's not Charlie Cox's Daredevil. That is not how his Daredevil. I is. didn't see that coming. Yeah. That's yeah. No. <laughs> 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 Absolutely not. The second yeah. that Daredevil cracks yeah. a joke in She-Hulk, I'm gonna turn it off and to refuse refuse to believe that that is the same Daredevil. <laughs> but if if they do a little bit, that's fine. But I hope they don't just completely over the top comedy. But man, if I hear him say, "Didn't I didn't see that one coming?" I'm literally gonna lose my mind and break my TV. Like that. It. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> I that would be something. I, yeah, the, the whole point, the whole point that I wanted to make from putting Daredevil at first was that superheroes don't have to be better than everyone else. And I, I think you know, with Thor, he had the moral dilemma at the end, and he knew that Gore was gonna pick good over evil. But even with Iron Man, Captain America. You always feel like they're so much better than you. But with Daredevil, he is a regular dude struggling to pay the bills while also going out at night, getting like no sleep. And so it affects him. And that's what I just yeah, absolutely I really, adore they, about it. The, I, I think Daredevil is in the same way as Spider-Man. They'll sacrifice everything in their life to help help people. Matt literally sacrifices like half of his life because he wants to do the right thing to take down Kingpin. And so many relationships, too. Every single season. Yeah. Like, you, I um, know you like you said earlier in the podcast that you like uh, romance stories. And there is, there's no lack of that in Daredevil, either. There is romance, there's heartbreak, there's Matt liking three different girls at once and not knowing who to pick. Uh, and seeing how work as Daredevil and work as an attorney... <laughs> takes a toll on those relationships yeah the the like banter he has between him and karen whenever he starts going out with electra again not like going out i mean like going out and fighting crime again in season two i think did that part really well because at this point matt and karen were dating and you can see how it was affecting karen karen's written so well like the yeah. episode in season three about her past and then the Bullseye Daredevil fight at the church, and they're all in the same episode. That was like, that's like top 10 episodes. It's also good. Season three. Like, every time that you have a sidekick that helps out. And I wouldn't necessarily call her a sidekick, but she does help Daredevil in some way. Like, she mercs uh, Kingpin's right hand man. She doesn't gain a god complex yeah. from it. She doesn't feel like she's going to be okay and that Daredevil's going to take care of her. She doubts that Daredevil's going to come every single time she's in trouble. She doubts that she's not going to get robbed or shot on the street. Like, there's. And that's the same thing with Foggy. Foggy, like, yeah. they believe that Matt's going to die one of these days because he almost does, like, 15 times that's why they push push him push him away so much because they don't want to see him die 
and the way they like talk about that throughout seasons is done right so well hidden 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 before we talk about anything about did you know there there's a lot of rumors right now that the next spider-man movie is going to be where he teams up with daredevil to fight fight kingpin and it's going to be about kingpin hiring spider-man villains to try to kill spider-man daredevil oh my Super lord I'm, I'm it's going to be hilarious watching matt murdoch or charlie cox's daredevil fight with tom holland spider-man because spider-man has taken on that, this the wittiness of andrew garfield spider-man like he started to become funnier and you know not as serious yeah, and he, he doesn't have as many resources either like iron boy iron boy jr is no longer a thing they're both broke as hell trying to fight all these like high-tech villains it's gonna be great yeah i also want to see how the spider sense and like the daredevil senses would react like with yeah, each other i also he, i want to see uh one thing that i want to see with spider-man and i know we're getting away from daredevil but one thing i want to see with spider-man is the um the story where he loses his powers and he has to train with shang chi to uh become a kung fu master and then he gets his powers back again uh, that's a, a story i would love man, to see adapted it's really unfortunate that sony owns um spider-man because he'd be so much better if marvel had fucking complete rights to him agree i agree yeah that that's what all even people can crap on hulk and mcu as long as as much as they want but i understand why marvel made him into a kind of a joke the Russo brothers have said they didn't know what to do with him because universal owns all the rights to everything with hulk they don't have the like help you help me relationship that sony and marvel and mcu do Mm -hmm. so hulk they can't make hulk do anything cool because all the money earned from hulk in his own hulk thing goes to universal disney cannot make a profit off the hulk so whenever they whenever hulk does something cool universal is going to be the one getting the like the like not money the like the like status or whatever yeah from it so that's why they made hulk into a loser but yeah, that, I don't even know how we got to Hulk from Spider Man. <laughs> I started talking about Shang Chi and and yeah, that's how we got there. I I don't I don't know if there's too much more to say about Daredevil. I just both of us enjoy the humanity of it, and yeah, that's another reason people like Spider Man is because he's humble. Well, he is now. I did not like Iron Boy Junior. Yeah, they yeah they're just. They're they're superheroes, but they're still relatable to us, yeah. and that's what makes them both. I in we talk we have another Marvel episode, and Spider Tom Spider Man and Daredevil are both in my like top four. Yeah, like I I had like Tom Spider Man, Daredevil, Iron Man, and like a couple others I don't, don't even remember. <laughs> but yeah, but anyway, that's like that's about the end of this episode. Um. This we'll see y'all in episode ten in like uh, a couple days. Bye. Bye. <laughs>